John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, we'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. And guess what? Isotope offers one free month of Music Production Suite Pro, which has all the tools you need to mix, master, and repair audio. Also, you can get 10% off all other software using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All of this is at isotope.com, I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, it's Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltico. It's the High Gain Podcast. High Gain Podcast. We talk about guitars and amps and pedals. All the time. Yep. Occasionally a bass. Sometimes. We've done mandolins. We have. Ukuleles. Largely guitars, though. Acoustics. Yeah. Every once in a while. Yeah. We're in beautiful West Seattle. Beautiful, cold, rainy, wintry West Seattle. Yeah, it's a good thing we're doing this at High Gain Central, the High Gain Prime. High Gain HQ. Yeah, because my house is getting demolished right now. Sweet. Do the viewers care about Ed's house? No. I don't know. I went to have a window (laughs) replaced. And, you know, we had the guy come out and then it turned into like, well, if we're doing this one, we should do a bunch of them. And then it turned into, oh, we should test your siding for asbestos. So then it turned into pull all the siding and then the house is 1908. So it's basically turned into complete house replacement. Your house has holes in it and yep. is open to the weather. Yep. Ed is making s'mores in his living room. Right. Yeah. But high gain HQ, warm. Yeah. Fuzzy. 
Yeah, warm and fuzzy. And we're really going to have fun today, Ed. Yeah? There's all different kinds of ambient light sources here. Right. I've got an LED light that is balanced to daylight. Mm-hmm. I have blue lights, yellow incandescent lights, mm-hmm. all of which combine to confuse Ed. Right. Because I am holding a clearly yellow guitar. <laughs> And Ed says he is a really big fan of orange guitars. Orange? (laughs) Orange. Orange. It looks orange (sighs) to me. Man, this guitar, John, it's like a Strat. Matching headstock? That's cool. Three single coils, matching headstock. It's got that extra switch on there. I was on the website, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunderroadguitars.com? Yes. Oh, yeah. That one. Yeah. And I was like, John, get that guitar. All right. Yeah. I just think it looks cool. This is an Ibanez Roadstar 2 from the Unusual Comet series. I don't know anything about any of that. Beverages. Beverages in. I went to the grocery store Ooh. and there were a bunch of these Santa Claus non-alcoholic beers. Santa doesn't drink and drive. No, I guess not. No. Yeah, I guess he could be pounding these things in the sleigh. Yeah, and Ed got me one as well. This is a Santa Klaus Towler mm-hmm. holiday brew. Yeah. Try this thing. Take a slug of okay, this. Okay, we're both taking a slug. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's got some spices or something in it, Christmas style. Exactly. But it doesn't outline anywhere on it what that is. It doesn't. It's all cinnamon, nutmeg, weirdy. I don't think they want you to know. Right. All you need to know is there's a picture of Santa on the label. Right. If you can't hang, then... GTFO. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Cranberry cinnamon. Where does it say that? On the back. That's cheery. Mm Mm-hmm. It's super Christmassy. Let me tell you something, John. Yes. I hate it. You hate the beverage? Yeah. I don't think I mind it. Guess what I did? What? Brought the rest of them to your house. Here, John, drink that shit. I think there's a little delta between what you like to put in your mouth and what I like to put in my mouth. Mouth delta. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You put exciting things in your mouth. Oh. I avoid that. I think our listeners want to be assured yeah. that we are awake and aware yes. and properly hydrated. Okay. They don't want to get to some point in the show where we take a left turn mm-hmm. and they're thinking, oh my God, is Ed feeling faint? <laughs> I told you to get this guitar specifically because I love it. I don't know what it is about it. It's got a cool color. Orange. It is orange. (laughs) Thank you. In a world where orange looks like yellow. Okay. We probably need to do a quick recap of the Ibanez game. Ibanez was founded in 1908. Same year my house was built. Yet Ibanez is not falling apart. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Matsujiro Hoshino. He actually founded it as more of a bookstore slash sheet music concern. 
Okay. Eventually, they would go into instruments, but upon its founding in 1908, it was a bookstore. At just about the same time, yep. halfway across the world in Spain, our guy Salvador Ibanez mm-hmm. founds his own shop. He makes guitars. Okay. Unfortunately, both these cats, our man Matsujiro and our man Salvador, mm. are no longer with us. When did we lose him? Salvador in 1920. <laughs> okay. And Matsujiro? I don't know. Are we certain he passed? Yeah. You don't feel like we pre-donged him? Let's say Matsujiro was born in 1900, and he founded that bookstore when he was eight years old. He would be 122 right now. Okay. It is dubious. We have a firm understanding that we do not pre-dong folks. This feels like we can neither confirm nor deny. If Vegas was laying odds, I think most sensible people would put their money on we lost him. Fortunately, Ed, in both cases, Hoshino and Ibanez, they had families that carried the flag for them and kept on keeping on. Okay. In the case of Ibanez, he would become the largest guitar factory in Spain. Right. He was doing okay. Janine Clement, born 1875. Yes. Died 1997. Oldest verified person ever. Lived to be 122 years old and 164 days. So, Matsujiro, Mm -hmm. if he is still alive, Mm -hmm. he's not verified. Or he's not older than Miss Clement. Well, at the same time that Salvador in the 20s is becoming the largest guitar factory in Spain, Mm -hmm. Matsujiro is doing the same thing. They are now called the Hoshino Musical Instrument Company. And they start importing guitars to meet the demand in Japan. They start importing them from our man Salvador. Our man Yoshitaro Hoshino, Matsujiro's son, was responsible for that. Isn't it always the youngins? Hey, Pops, you know, we should sell instruments. Wouldn't that be cool? For sure. Kudos to Pops for being like, yeah, all right, let's do that. Right. He didn't do the thing we talked about within the last couple of weeks here where Pops was like, wait, you're giving these things to the hippies? Yeah. The fucking hippies are playing my guitars? It'll never fly. Was that the Mellow Bar? It was. Hey, do we have any updates on the Mellow Bar? Yes. Okay. We got a little note via Uncle Frank over there at Thunder Road Guitars. No kidding. Yeah. From one of the Smith sons. One of the hippy dippy dudes. Yeah. He verified that there were very few, in fact, only four <laughs> Mellow Bars made by Moserite in the color red. That's so wild. The one we had was one of four. Also, we were wondering about the 10th tuning machine yep. that was drilled through the top of the headstock. Yeah. He verifies that that was done at the factory by request of the owner. Huh. So that's a factory modification. Not only that, but our guitar had been further modified from 10 strings down to six. Right. The modifications you would need to do to the nut and the bridge to accommodate the changed Go spacing. Back. Our man, Mr. Smith, verified that that, too, was done at the factory. Oh, no kidding. They changed it to the six-string? We don't know if this is all the same owner or if somebody who came into possession of it later on was like, hey, can you change this to six-string for me? And they accommodated him. Wow. So for all intent and purpose, that was a stock instrument considering that all the mods were done at the factory. That's crazy. Okay. Back to the story. Back to the story. Okay. 
as we mentioned, Salvador would eventually die. That would have been 1920. Verifiable. Verifiable. Mm -hmm. And his two sons take over. Yep. About the same time, Matsujiro's son took over the importing of guitars for Hoshino. So now the businesses are in the hands of the sons. Guitars continue to be very, very popular in Japan. Not least of all because Andre Segovia, oh, sure. world-famous classical guitarist, had mm -hmm. been touring the world. We lost him. We lost him too. For sure. For sure. Okay. The demand in Japan for guitars is such that they can't make up, this is Hoshino, they can't make up the difference between what is demanded and what is being supplied, even considering their deal with Ibanez in Spain. So they're thinking, well, I guess we better start making some. Okay, Salvador's sons over there in Spain are sending us this much. How many more do we need? I guess we better figure out a way to make them ourselves. So that's what they did, and they just thought, you know what we should do? We'll just put Sal's name on it. So in Japan, these things were sold under the Ibanez Salvador name. That mm -hmm. would later, as we know, spoiler alert, get shortened to just Ibanez. Sure. And that's where the name comes from. They were offshoring the guitars effectively to Spain. Yes, until the demand outstripped the production that Spain could handle. Yeah. Everyone thinks of Ibanez as a Japanese company. Yeah. The company adopted the name of the contractor, which just feels weird. Here's my theory. Yeah. Guitar was so popular in Japan because of Andre Segovia that maybe they wanted to capitalize on that. The name. Let's give it a Spanish with. name. Yeah, that makes sense. I'll buy into that theory, and I'm going to just go ahead and say that that's established fact. Oh. John has established that as a fact. Sweet. Okay. So it's going great, right? Sure. Until it's not. World War II. No. Oh. 1936, mm? the Spanish Civil War. There's fascists running around all over. They're the all over the place. And because of them, fire destroys the Ibanez factory. See? It's so funny how the fates of these two companies, yeah. Salvador in Spain and the Hoshinos in Japan, mm -hmm. kind of mirror each other step for step. First, the founding of the companies to begin with, sure. then the sons taking over, mm -hmm. then the name being used in both places. Now I've just told you about a fire. Yo. 1945, right. the U.S. bombs the bejesus yes. out of Nagoya, Japan, and the Hoshino factory is destroyed as well. I remember. But ever intrepid, the Hoshinos, after World War II, reopened the company in a shack that they built. Oh. Can't keep us down. Sure. We are still the Hoshinos. Marshall Plan, Japan. Yeah. Okay, part of the Marshall Plan, get the guitar factories back up that's and running. That's right. That comes directly from MacArthur. Right. And so that's our little primer about how this comes about. And we've talked then about how they came to make electric guitars, especially up into the copy era. Yep. Ibanez was really upping their game at that point. We're out of World War II, and we've fast-forwarded to 1970s. <laughs> So now we are firmly ensconced in the late 70s, early 80s, when Ibanez is no longer copying shapes because of legal actions from our good friends over there at Gibson. They have to come up with their own shapes. Like this clearly not a Strat shape that you're holding today. Yes, Ed is right. It's got the horns shaped like a Strat and the headstock is similar. That is because we are entering the era of the super strat. Mm. The definition of super strat is kind of fluid. I think it was meant at the time to mean all the best qualities you could want in a guitar in strat shape. What those qualities were was up for debate. 
let's put a humbucker in the bridge. I thought the Super Strat was also like the slightly exaggerated horns, right? Because you want access up to the 22nd fret, which you have on this. Oh my gosh. So that's another thing Super Stratty people like. Sure. There would be switches and or push-pull pots for splitting coils or throwing pickups out of phase. This has a phase switch. Is that phase switch factory? It is. Okay. A lot of Super Strats would have had locking tremolos. This has a tremolo that is an invention of Ibanez. This trem system is called the Power Rocker. <laughs> Up towards the front of the bridge is almost like a bent over folded piece of metal. And then the rest of the bridge slips into that, like a letter into an envelope. Oh, funny. So if you pulled the strings off, you could lose the bottom of that bridge. Yeah. Weird. Okay. It seems to my playing so far to stay in tune pretty well without locking. There's nothing on this app locks yeah i think i like the definition of super strat that says take a strat and make it work better but you're right in the today times we kind of have come to associate them with those elongated horns yeah the exaggerated horns is the thing that jumps out at me usually yeah what about the pickups in this thing these pickups are also an ibanez confection uh, these are called super five single coil pickups yeah if i go as necky as i can go on these single coils Pretty necky. And if I go as bridgey as I want to go. Yeah. Now here's where the phase comes in. The phase switch doesn't mean anything if you're just in the neck or just in the bridge. Sure. Because a pickup has to be out of phase with something else. Yep. What's the middle position on this? Middle position. Neck and bridge. And I could throw those out of phase. Position number four is neck and middle. Oh, that's out of phase. As opposed to. That's useful, isn't it? That's great. This is a Walrus Audio Lillian pedal. Position number two is middle and bridge. Yeah. Put that out of phase. I think the one I like most is position four, out of phase. I think the out of phase on the middle and the bridge isn't as big a leap because the bridge pickup is already naturally more trebly. It's when you go to position four that you're further away from the bridge to begin with. So then when you kick it in, you're gonna notice it more. Yeah. That's nice, huh? Yeah, it is. So how does this come about? This super strad offering from Ibanez. It's the early 80s, and they know that the butt Rockies are coming. They're seeing people like Guild, Charvel, Jackson, catering to all these people that want those features we're talking about. We want all this stuff. Yep. Ibanez thinks clearly this is a thing. We better get in on this. So they launch an entire new series of guitars in 1983, called the Roadstar 2 series. Okay. If this is Roadstar 2, where is Roadstar 1? It never existed. Sure, you bypass that. You go straight to 
Roadstar 2. Yeah. That's where the smart money is. There is conjecture that whoever was in charge of printing the decals for the headstocks fat-fingered it. Maybe it was supposed to be one and they put two and then by the time they had 50,000 stickers made. Two looks cooler. In case you're wondering, everybody, there is no Roadstar 1. You could get it in black or white in 1983. So what year is this? This one is 1984. That's when they introduced this variant to the Roadstar 2 series, the Comet series. This was in direct reaction to all those brands I mentioned that were doing the wacky paint jobs and the bright colors. We need the bright colors. Yeah. So in addition to the black and white that you could get. Orange. Parentheses yellow. Okay. Red, blue, and green. They called this yellow, right? They called this yellow. They were all called Comet color. Comet yellow. Yeah. So they were competing with these colors. By the way, the number designation, mm-hmm. RS-135. <laughs> Easy for me to remember. You know why? Uh, My exit on the Jersey uh, Parkway where I grew up. Yeah. 135. That's in the top five. Yeah. Let me ask you something, Ed. Okay. 1984. Ooh. You like the bright colors. You decide you want an orange one or yellow. Yeah. Gotta have it. Yep. $1984. Mm-hmm. What are you paying for this thing in butt rock dollars? Uh... 212 bucks. That's pretty good, Ed. Yeah. 245. Is that above the 2000 mark? No. That's only like 700 bucks today. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Which I guess explains why you can still get these for a reasonable price. They're not going to cost you an arm and a leg. They're going to cost you more than $700. Yeah, but maybe not much. Not much. Okay. And they're great guitars. Yeah. By the end of 1984, Ed, they scrapped it. So they made this thing for two years? One. The Roadstar 2 would continue on. For instance, in 1985, you could get a left-handed one. You could get one with a hardtail on it. You could even get one with different types of pickups and different switches. Right. They kept going. Yeah. Until they didn't, Ed. What happened? 1986, they discontinued all the Roadstars, all the RS guitars. Huh. They made upgrades across the line, and it was replaced with the RG series. So instead of RS standing for Roadstar, right. RG, Roadstar, guitar. <laughs> and the RGs are still made to this day. And they have so many different variations of RG guitars. It's dizzying. So yeah, the Roadstar 2 series mm-hmm. was only three years. Yeah. The Comet variants were only one of those three. So clearly this is some sort of transitional phase for Ibanez. Look where this is going, boss. The butt is getting pretty prevalent. We need more points. This thing does not look super stratty to me. It looks stratty. So going into that RG model and exaggerating a lot of this stuff more. Yeah. For sure. 86? Poison. You got to bring the different paint jobs and the graphics. You got to bring more points. Someone has played the hell out of this guitar, and there is lots of natural wear and dings. I think it's great. Nothing fancy. Nothing fancy. Dot and lace. The pickguard is white. Over that beautiful orange. It's got a maple neck. It does. And it has a matching headstock. Most fenders, you don't get the matching headstock with the maple neck. 
on a lot of maple necks, there will actually be an additional fretboard just right. made out of maple also. Yep. This appears to be just all one piece, so that's a cost savings. Sure. I'm into it. You gotta try it. Try and decide. Is it hello or goodbye? Goodbye or goodbye. Okay, Ed. Yeah. It's orange. Mm-hmm. My favorite color. <laughs> it has three pickups, 22 frets, matching headstock phase switch. Mm-hmm. The Ibanez Roadstar 2 Comet series. Right. Buy or deny. Literally, the hardest thing about this guitar and that question is uh-huh. for me to just not buy it. Do I need this thing? No. Do I want it? Yeah. I want it a lot. Yeah. I want it a lot. Yeah. They're not expensive. And the build quality is super solid. I think it's great. I think I have to completely agree with you. Yeah. They didn't make any wrong decisions with this thing. Someone get this thing because it's cool. Yeah. Let's take some pictures of this. What do you think? Throw them on Instagram. Yeah. That's the place people go as well as our website, thehiking.com. We are still part of the Ruinous Media Network of music-related podcasts. A really good job. There, I just said it. Can you repeat it? No. The Ruinous Media Network of podcast-related, music-related podcasts. Yes! Joe and the boys, Patrick, Chris, uh-huh. over there at Ruinous. Yeah. Doing a great job. I think they're doing a spectacular job. Cool. Leave a like and a subscribe. We like those. Smash that sub button. Yeah, sub button. Okay, bye. Bye, then.